Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we officially got the word, Dave Jones. Recording is in progress here for the Penn State. Is that, is that Joan Clippinger? Is that Joan Clippinger Joe Cliffinger, a former, a former Penn Live uh, Patriot News employee, always enjoyed a warm and cordial relationship with most of the people, especially much, Dave Jones. Much appreciated. Very much, much an inside reference as we kick off this edition of the Blue Life Breakdown. <laughs> I'm Bob Flounders. Ah, uh, I can't hear. I can't hear Dave, you, Bob. Dave Jones you know why? Is joining me from his house in Downingtown, and there is a issue with the neighbor and yard work apparently. And Dave's not happy. Do, Go get him, Dave. Do, do you have Do you have the guy who has every lawn implement around you? And there's never a day that goes by where you don't have the 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 string trimmer, the edger, the leaf blower, the regular mower, the cleanup mower, the power washer. The, 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 now it's a wood chipper. He's grinding up a stump. Grant, mind you, wait a minute. I think it, it just ended. All right. All right. Fantastic. Dave, I moved, One of those guys. City. I moved to downtown Harrisburg for a reason to not have to worry about that. The only thing around my house is bars. That's the only thing. That's what about car alarm? I hear is people what? getting thrown out of bars. Yeah! <laughs> the only noise. Which is, which is a cheerful sound. It's, yeah. it's terrific. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've... You've heard that lots. It's a good feeling for you because you've you've been thrown out of bars. All right. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad the home front's been remedied. I don't think this is the end of the discussion with your neighbor, but for now, <laughs> for he's now, a, I can't hate him because he's a good dude. But I mean, he's one of those guys. Dave, we're wow. we're one week away, roughly one week away from Penn State's opener at Wisconsin. Before I get to the opening line that I saw for the game. I don't know if you realized it. I just realized it now, Dave. 15 years ago at Wisconsin, what happened? 06. 06? 06. I'll give, you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Somebody broke his leg. No, man. It was, it was, it was Anthony Morelli year. Is 15 years ago. DeAndre Levy broke Joe Paterno's leg. In the game. Oh, was that that game? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 15 well, years ago. Can you believe it? It happened in two different, um, two different times. One in practice. Yeah. Who, who broke it the, the next time? Yeah. I, I, can't remember who, I can't remember who he ran into on, the, I guess, the Penn State program that did that. But, yeah, he broke his game. Uh, DeAndre Levy rolled up on his leg. It looked awful. When it happened, and it was awful. I just remember we were on the plane the next day. They were getting ready to close the, getting ready to tell us to turn everything off. And I think you, we got, we managed to get Jay Paterno on the phone, and he told us, yeah, he just had surgery. So we were able to get that uh, during the infancy of Penn Live on Penn Live. I think up fairly quickly. But yeah, this was it's been 15 years ago since I, the Joe Pop broken leg game. At I Wisconsin. did not, I did not remember that. I don't remember a thing about that game. I know that it's a. It's a Morelli. It was the Morelli era, which, uh, 
I remember Penn State lost. That's what I remember as well. But this could be a different outcome uh, a week from Saturday. 11 a.m. kick out there. Noon kick for Penn State fans on the East Coast. Dave, I looked on the South Point, the VEASAN line. That's where Brent, Mer- Brent Musburger works in Vegas. Has Wisconsin as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. If you had $1,000 to blow right now, where would your money be right now as we talk about this, right now on the Penn State-Wisconsin game? I am, I am digging everything I can out of Wisconsin's offensive line versus Penn State's defensive line because mm-hmm. I think that's where the game will be decided. If Penn State's defense, if their front seven can, can hang in there, yeah. then they have a chance to win the game outright. Uh, because uh, Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin quarterback, had a bit of a rough ride the last half of pretty much the last four games. They only they played six, right? What did they pay? They three and four six, and three. Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah, seven with the bowl game. Yeah. Um, they, they, they have a, a bit of an uncertain end to last season. They need to run the ball because that's who they are. If they can run the ball only fairly well, um, not an obvious one guy, which they have had in the past. So, so have had a lot of cuff-up type um, annoying injuries to their tackles. Their line in practice has not gotten that it might have. All four of their team offensive tackles have missed practice time. So that's something I think. Uh, I think I'd have to go with Penn State. I'd take the four and a half and see what happens. An early game, you know, all of them tend to to go back toward the the even even point, don't they? I mean, is that historically true or not? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll revisit this next week. By the way, I just want to let the uh, listeners and viewers know that starting next week, Dave and I will be doing two Blue White Breakdown podcasts per week. We will do one kind of reacting to James Franklin's Tuesday news conference and anything interesting he might uh, have to say. Uh, that'll be earlier in the week, and then we'll do one a little bit later in the week, previewing the opponent. In this case, next week, it'll be the Wisconsin game with the matchups we like and don't like. We're going to offer up some picks, some keys to the game. So it's twice the fun with Dave and I in season. Dave's pumped. I'm pumped. But this is only going to be one this week, Dave. And I'll tell you what, one thing I think that would be good to talk about, even though the ramifications won't be felt for a while, but a lot of Penn State fans I talk to in bars, Dave, there's another bar reference. They are really curious about what's behind the decision for the alliance talk. In other words, it was announced earlier this week, even though nothing is final, that the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC kind of have like a gentleman's handshake agreement to do some stuff down the road. Can you just explain maybe two or three things for the listeners and the viewers, maybe the advantages or why you think they're doing it and what it might look like? I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) If if I knew what they were doing exactly, if they'd said anything yesterday. I mean, as far as I can tell, they might have a golf tournament. I don't know what the hell it's good. I don't know what I don't know what it is. They 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 I mean, the key ingredient in this is that they would play one the Big Ten with one Pac twelve team and one ACC team every year. One one at home, one on the road. The ACC and Pac twelve would do likewise so that they would have greater strength of schedule, greater TV drawing power in the next contract. 
But I think they've hit a snag in implementing this for two reasons. One, that they have to get, I mean, ESPN owns so much of the inventory. Yeah. I mean, they're not just dealing with Fox, which is the right. primary uh, carrier of Big Ten and Pac-12 games. They're also dealing with ESPN and Disney uh, with the ACC stuff. So I don't know how you can uncouple that. They're really battling Disney. That's what they're battling. They're battling Disney, which engineered this, this whole SEC acquisition of Texas and Oklahoma. And it's not like you can uncouple those TV contracts. So that's connected to scheduling. Scheduling also, the second thing is schedules are, are, are signed. A lot of the deals are signed way in advance. Right. Some are penciled in, some are penned in. If you want to blow up some of them, you have to pay for them. You have to buy them out. I would be in favor of acting boldly here. They are not, clearly. Uh, <laughs> I think if Jim Delaney was driving this bus, right. he, would, he would say, look, either we're in this together or not, and either we act boldly or we don't even right. go in together. If we're going to act boldly, we buy out all these contracts with, you know, let's look at Fordham. I have my Phil Steele open to Nebraska. They're playing Fordham and Buffalo this year. Uh, in, the, in the coming three years, who knows? Buy them out. What is that going to cost? It'll cost, you know, a, a million five each. Yeah. It's a small price to pay for everyone to get on board with the gravy train with creating big money games. Now, they're not all going to be big money. Minnesota-Washington right. State is not going to be a big money game. But as Andy Staples wrote in The Athletic, he wrote a really good story on this. It's about the big money, big viewership games that this would create. And who right. wouldn't watch them? Wouldn't you be excited to watch USC, Penn State again? Or Absolutely. Oregon and Ohio State are going to play this year. But, yeah. And I'm not even just talking Penn State Clemson. Yeah. Penn State, North Carolina. Would, yeah. that's, that's a good, solid team this year. Yeah. Um, some people are actually picking them to win the ACC. That would be a blast. Even if we go to Raleigh and, mm -hmm. and see NC State, it's different. It's fun. It's the kind of stuff that Penn State used to do when it was an independent. When I right. first got into this business in 91, we, we went to U.S. We went to L.A., the L.A. Coliseum. That was the last time I smoked in a press box, by the way. And, and at the L.A. Coliseum in 91, uh, we went in 91. We went to USC and to the Orange Bowl in Miami, both. Yeah. Um, 92, we went to Provo to, for Brigham Young. Um, that kind of stuff happened every year because it was in an independent schedule. When the Big Ten started in 93, a lot of it ended. And you would only have one of those max every year against a power conference team. Yeah. That's an attraction. It was something I advocated and wrote on July 27. And then two weeks later, it actually happens. Mm -hmm. I do what I can for Kevin Warren. I knew I knew he needed. To <laughs> uh, I actually wrote this concept. Was very excited about it, and then nothing. Well, it takes some time. I understand that it, yeah. you have to you have to unravel TV contracts, get everyone on board, but don't have a press conference until you have something to talk about. Right. And and the Big Ten is constantly stepping on its. You know what. Yeah. With these situations, it's like they don't have anybody in that office to tell them, no, <laughs> don't do that. It's just going to piss everyone off. Wait until you have something to talk about and announce before you have a press conference is like a cardinal. Why would you why would you not? So this, you know, I, I completely understand that it takes weeks or months to get this on uh, on yeah. the rail. But I don't even know what to talk about now.
Dave, I can't get the image of you sitting next to Ronnie Christ out in Los Angeles, chain smoking in a press box, <laughs> crying. But I, Nick, I, I sabotage right now. It's it is podcast Nick, sabotage, sir. More of that. Oh, Nick was out there too. Uh, I think I probably borrowed a couple of his luckies. Yeah. Or Ronnie. Remember the or Ronnie. All right, Dave. Speaking of speaking of press conferences, I had to I had to get I wanted you to get on the to talk a little bit about something you wrote over the weekend about a Penn State Penn State press conference featuring the one and only Sandy Barber talking about I think the coming season and what to expect at Beaver Stadium for home games. Um, they are not. Uh, I saw Ohio State recently said that you need I think proof of vaccination or a vaccination card to attend Ohio State home games. Penn State's one of, I think, five schools that will not require that. They, they certainly could. Have, that would have been the time maybe to announce it that right after Oregon and Oregon State made a similar announcement. They're not doing it this year. Um, you have a pretty strong uh, opinion on that subject. So I'll just yield the floor to you about that decision that Penn State's going to kind of let anyone who wants to come in vaccinated or unvaccinated just show up in State College. And, and by the way, LSU yesterday, you saw right. that, right? So yeah. There, right. You know, if, if this isn't a liberal conservative issue, it's a health issue. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it was, LSU wouldn't be doing it. I mean, is that, is that the heart red state of all of them? If it isn't, it's Arkansas. I mean, it's those two. And they're, they're going to go ahead and do it. They're going to go ahead and, and they're, you're going to have to have proof of vaccination Okay. or proof of a uh, negative test in the last uh, 48 or 72 hours. I forget what it is. I don't know. I said what I said because I believe it's an opportunity for leadership. And this is what this university administration is constantly talking about, that they are. Well, uh, I think the businessmen at LSU understand that, the people run that business and their leverage they have. The people... The conspiracy theorists and the people who are taking uh, pig dewormer or whatever the hell that is that they're, <laughs> they're taking in some places because they're idiots. Their individual liberties are not being stepped on. They just can't go to a football game. That's all. And it's Penn State's land. It's LSU's land. It's Oregon's land. Oregon and LSU are big brands with big, zealous football mm-hmm. fan bases. If, if they're willing to do it, then you can't make the argument that Penn State shouldn't be able to do it. They just won't. They won't right. do it. They don't want to fade the heat in the statehouse uh, with, with conservative uh, or whatever you want to call them. I don't call them conservatives. I, I think they're crackpots. They're not <laughs> conservatives. I mean, I voted for Reagan. I voted for, for Ross Perot. Uh, you could call me a conservative. I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm, I'm not an imbecile. It's like Charles Barkley said, the people who aren't getting vaccinated at this point are idiots. And that's true. Uh, it's, it's just true. Uh, and, and Penn State should, should have led. They didn't. That's the end of it. They've decided they're not going to. All right. Let's move it along. A couple uh, Big Ten big picture thoughts, Dave. It's the blue-white breakdown. Dave Jones and Bob Flounders. I'm Bob. He's Dave. Uh, listen, let's talk a little bit about Ohio State. Just two things. One, One's going to I'm going to give you like a a little bit of a different look with the second one. But, Dave, I was just kind of combing through Ohio State stats the last since since the 2012 season, just truly how dominant they've been 
within the conference. And it, it is it is amazing, Dave. 106 and 11, I think, is their overall record since the start of the 2012 season. They've won 19 straight games in the Big Ten, undefeated the last two years in the Big Ten, even though they're replacing a lot of good players. They have so many good players and so many true freshmen coming back. I think that everyone, just about everyone, thinks they're they're clearly the team to beat in the Big Ten East. Maybe somebody in the Big Ten West can match up with them a little bit, but I don't know. Dave, just their dominance. It, for one team to dominate a conference the way that Ohio State has since 2012. I mean, th- do you think that the, most people really realize how good they've been outside of Ohio? Yeah, I think people realize that if you could actually argue with the talent that they had, uh, that they – what about those hiccups a couple and three, three or four years ago against Iowa and Purdue? You could Purdue was their last last in the Big Ten. Yes, yeah, you, you could you could argue that never should have happened. They just weren't ready. Um, the thing about Ohio State is they've become a national recruiting power, and right. James Franklin and his staff had tried to be that. But to me, the big dividing line and the thing that could have uh, meant everything is the fact that Penn State has not been able to keep its wide receivers assistant like like Ohio State has, and they have Brian Hartline and. Penn State has had a revolving door of these yeah. guys that began when Josh Gaddis left for Alabama uh, after it was at 2017. I get they get all these mixed yeah. up. Julian Fleming cannot get on the field maybe this year. I don't think he will get on the field. That, that, I mean, think about that. Yeah. And it's not that Julian Fleming isn't a hell of a player because he is a hell of a talent. It's just that they have that. the yeah. only place I think they're they're vulnerable, and I think where they they were vulnerable. I think the only way to possibly beat Ohio State is just to throw, 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 and throw quickly and often and deep and try to roll up some points because I don't know how you're going to be able to resist them. They have the best offensive line in the league, maybe yeah. in the country. They've got everything they need. And, and, and you have to, I think you're going to have to blitz the quarterback like crazy uh, early on. Uh, they've got, they've got, they're at Minnesota, which is not even going to be a competition for them. Maybe the Oregon game. Uh, maybe Oregon can give them something to think about, but there's there's no one in the league. C.J. Stroud is the new quarterback. Right, he's from uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California, up, up over the, uh, which is kind of a new community. It's only sprouted up in like the last forty, fifty years, way out east over the uh, San Gabriels. When you watch the Rose Bowl, the San Gabriels yeah. mountains are out there. You got to go east of that, and that's how the urban sprawl has spread out. That wasn't even a community like fifty years ago. Now it's like one of the best school systems in the country. And that's where he, he's from. Everything I've heard, I talked to Bruce Feldman about him, some other people. Everything I've heard about C.J. Stroud is he's going to be a, another terrific quarterback there. Yeah. And he's going to do it pretty much right away with that offensive line. It's, it's going to be like, like, playing at, at, like Mac Jones playing at Alabama. It's just everything is set for him. So I don't know what you do to beat them. The only weaknesses I see are possibly the secondary, possibly a brand new quarterback going to be almost unbeatable. Yeah. Dave, one more Ohio State related thought. Urban Meyer is not off to a great start in the NFL. I know it's only exhibition season. They have not been competitive, got blown out by the Saints. They just lost Travis Etienne. How is he going to handle losing his first couple of seasons in the NFL? And will it get the best of him? He's at every step of his career, whether it be Brigham Young, or I mean, uh, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, 
he's always been able to build the monster pretty quickly. The NFL have all the wherewithal to do that. He's got a great quarterback to begin with, and that's why they, they might be playing the old vet for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a tough situation, and I don't know that he's built for the NFL at all. Dave, let's close this edition, uh, week zero edition of uh, the Blue White Breakdown. We got to talk about the first game of the Big Ten season. It's this Saturday, Nebraska at Illinois. Last week, if you listened to our podcast, I hope you did. Dave's pretty high on Brett Bielema and the fighting Illini. They're getting nine and a half at home against Nebraska. Wow. What do you think about that game? And what if what if Illinois wins it outright? It's going to be he's going to be he's going to be laughing and eating his way all the way across Champaign. All of us, he, there's not going to be any steak left in town if they win that game, Dave Jones. Or, or the fat around the steak either. You know, the, <laughs> you did, can eat that did your daddy fat around a big steak? Yes. yes. It's the best part. <laughs> I, I, I'm pulling for him, even though, you know, what a big, big palooka he is, you know, and, and, and I didn't like him much when he was at Wisconsin under Barry Alvarez. There was always this, this scene in my mind at Madison after Erasmus James knocked out Mike Robinson and he was kind of gloating about it. Yeah. They knocked out Zach Mills or two, didn't they? They knocked out two quarterbacks and he was Zach first and then, then Mike. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up with, uh, Fran Ganner's kid. Chris Ganner, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of crowing about it in the locker room after I was in the Wisconsin uh, interview area. And I didn't like that look at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's 17 years ago. It's a long time ago. He was a kid. Uh, I think he kind of got his come up, come up in, in, in Arkansas. Um, and he probably got some really good seasoning in the NFL. Uh, I, I hope they win because I've pinned my entire prediction on them. You have. Beating Nebraska. I think that's an awfully big number. Did that grow? Wasn't it seven just last week? Well, I mean, the news hasn't been great out of Nebraska the last couple of weeks, so <laughs> that might have something to do with it. I think Scott Frost might be a little distracted at the moment. I don't no, know. No, no, no. Which, which way is the line? I thought it was, it was Nebraska minus nine. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're saying it went up. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to read into that at all. I'm sorry. You're right. I, I got your uh, I got your point right. Yeah, the, I don't know that the line went up. It does seem like double. What would you make? What would you make that number yourself? I would make it more like four or five. I was going to say three and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's awfully big, and people are not taking into consideration. I, I don't think the tone of that team. If you're paying attention, they've got a lot of older guys, super, super seniors. seniors. Yeah. A lot of older guys who bought in and, th- and are saying, yeah, I'm going to play with this. I, I like this guy. I'm going to play for this guy. And a lot of these guys would just be out to shoot. They wouldn't be playing in the NFL. They've decided to play an extra year just basically for fun. What does that tell you? Also, Brandon Peters, their transfer quarterback from Michigan, yeah. has been always kind of sullen and sour uh, under Lovey Smith, who was not a very communicative head coach. He, he, I, I talked to Shannon Ryan, who's not covering uh, that beat anymore. She got out like three weeks ago. Uh, she's working for the athletic covering women's basketball, but she knows that program. And she said Brandon Peters' attitude and demeanor is completely different uh, under Bielema. Right. That, that shows me something. It shows that these guys want to play. So if you've got enough older guys and not a bad offensive line, what is Nebraska proving? 
Um, I just one one last question for you, Dave. If Illinois wins outright and Bielema pulls it off, gains twenty pounds in his post, <laughs> whose bandwagon are you going to be driving next week? Uh, who are you more eager to talk about, Shiano or Bielema? Because the Bielema call to me, even though the the Rutgers, I think he picked them third in the Big Ten East. That's pretty gutsy. I think the was I think the Illinois third place watch out. Uh, call is even maybe a little bit uh, stonier, if you will, than the Shiano call. Uh, who are you going to be? Who are you going to be more excited about next week of Illinois? Well, I think I think Bielema because look at the schedule. I mean, if they can get by this, they, they, we're talking about Texas San Antonio at yeah. Virginia, which th- it's okay to lose that game as sure. long as you play well, and that's not an easy game. Maryland at Purdue, Charlotte before they have Wisconsin, which he'll be gearing them up for, at home. It's a home game. And they've actually beat Wisconsin the last time. So that's a very gradual ramp up. That's what I always looked at, that they could get some confidence and really get it going. Uh, Rutgers, not not nearly that easy. I think they have Ohio State for their first uh, conference game, and second conference game. Is that right? Their first road trip? Yeah, uh, no, they've, they've got at Michigan for their first uh, – uh, conference game and Ohio State's their first home home conference game, so that's not nearly as easy. All right, we're I'm going to be keeping score on the Bilem account and the Shiano account all year. Hopefully, you can pull it off, Dave. You intentionally mispronounce his name all the Bilema? time. Bilema, Bilema, Bilema. Yes, we've been doing that your whole life. <laughs> but I do know there's only there's only one T in his first name, not two. That's good, Bob. It's not Brett's. It's Brett. It's Brett. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's, been, let's, let's wrap this up, uh, this week's uh, Blue White Breakdown podcast. Just a reminder, next week we're going to be podcasting twice. Look for one early on James Franklin's thoughts at the start of the week. We'll react to that. And then we're going to really break down Penn State's road matchup at Wisconsin, Camp Randall, the beginning of the Mike Yersitz era as OC at Penn State. There's so much to get to next week, Dave. And before we go, Dave, just remember to give that noisy neighbor – piece of your mind for me no after no, you sign you off you can't do it you have to you have to you have to bitch and complain to each other inside your own house <laughs> you, you never do that with neighbors because then it, it lasts you can't you can't have you can't frank, i think frank solich if he had a problem with his neighbor i don't think he'd be talking about it internally my man i think he'd be getting right in his face and letting him know what's what so maybe well, i i know i know from the solich playbook I know Frank Solich's successor would be getting in his face, my man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. That's a wrap for this week, you guys. You'll see us twice next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. Enjoy Nebraska at Illinois. Yeah, I'm going to. Bye, guys. 